hello everybody welcome to the new show on this channel this is the digital camera news show uh so called because we're taking advantage of the fact that it was photo keener this week so i hope you're all sat down and buckled in if that's even a phrase um for some digital camera news uh, graham have you bought a digital camera this week uh, Ed, I have bought myself, I think, six digital cameras, and the hot news is they are now coming with pixels. Uh, this is the hot news scoop. They've got uh, more of them, and they're bigger, probably, um, lengthwise, but not height-wise. It's very exciting, <laughs> all the hottest scoops from Photokina. <laughs> Excellent. Well, that's, that, that's good that we've covered that off then. Um, our representation from Photokina is complete. Oh, hang on, uh, hang on, hang on. No, it's not. No, it's not. Because we've got a guest who was actually there. Oh, no, he's going... gone away. Oh, right. Okay, <laughs> so maybe maybe you haven't got a guest. No, we have got a guest today. So uh, welcome back, everybody. Uh, Paul from Analog Wonderland. Hey, Paul, how you doing, mate? Very well, thank you. That was a, a seamless step in as well. I, uh, you can tell my experience on this podcast before it's paid off. Well, it's not like we rehearsed that or anything. I just make up the intros as we go along, and sometimes they work and sometimes they don't. But, you know, that's that's <laughs> life, you know. That's what happens when you put out many, many shows and, and you get to the point where you think, you know, I'm rolling, I'm free and easy, and, you know, everybody hopefully will roll with us. <laughs> hey, hey did you mention... Roll better later. Yeah. Um, this is what show 120. So it's the 120 roll film show. Oh. So... Uh, Medium, for, the... medium format news only then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, what are all the medium format scoops from Photokina? Oh, that sounds like it might be a little bit. Uh, there's, a, there's a new Fuji camera coming out. Digi digital medium format, does that count? <laughs> no, no, no. All right, all right. Let, let, let's get a little bit more serious. Enough of the enough of the digital jokes. So, uh, so Paul, Paul, you have spent some time, I believe, in Cologne in the last week. Yeah, absolutely. So we were out there from uh, Tuesday to Friday and um, managed to avoid as much digital stuff as possible. <laughs> Got drawn in a few times. <laughs> Slightly unavoidable, it must be said. Um, but in Venice, as, uh, you know, it was, it was amazing how many analog representatives there were um, across the across the days, either with with um, uh, trade booths themselves or just in attendance and generally laughing about. Oh, well, uh, tell us more. Tell us more, because I think, you know, uh, I, I can imagine that there would be uh, a large Instax community of people there. And I could imagine that it was, it was the fella from Patterson Tanks there, because he's an awesome bloke to talk to. He's always full of stories and stuff. I didn't get to see Patterson Tanks, unfortunately. But yeah, no, Fuji Instax was there in great force. The breaking news, I think, from Instax was that Taylor Swift is sponsoring them or vice versa. <laughs> <laughs> one one way or the other. I wasn't quite sure who paid who money, but there was massive amounts of Taylor Swift uh, photos right, up and so... instances that apparently she has taken. So, Oh, Taylor Swift uh... is a she. Oh, right. Okay. Well, there we go. You learn something new every day. <laughs> oh, yeah, there, there were two, two hot scoops. One, Taylor Swift sponsoring Instax and two, Taylor Swift is female. Right. Wow. It's mind-blowing. <laughs> <laughs> that was the big two bits of news. Um, yeah, so we had, there was a bit of that. Um, but also we had uh, a load of different other films. So you talked about medium format scoops. There was one, which is that Berger were there in person and had with them uh, some medium format Berger, the Pancro, um, both oh, cool. the 120 
and 35 mil have just been finished and shipped into their warehouse. So actually, we talk about breaking news, but this is breaking news. Um, we've got some Berger on the way that'll be on site within the next couple of weeks, which is fantastic. It sounds like they've had a horrible summer of dealing with last minute problems, but they are coming to the end of that. That's awesome. Does it look as though now, because um, they've had stuff out for the last year or so, but it does seem like the supply has been really, really spotty. Have they got that sorted now going forward? Does it look like? Yes, and they they were they were saying that. In fact, the um, the owner of Vale was there, and uh, he said that <clears throat> about six months ago he was really excited, waiting for the waiting for the film to arrive. He's like, it's like my baby's finally going to come. And then by the time it actually arrived, he was he was like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> I've already slightly over you. No, he's very excited. It, it, it does sound as though they have had an absolutely uh, terrible time. And, and it's all the normal things that we've heard of and, and know, um, you know, suppliers of, of some of the things sort of upstream in the production that then fall through or aren't as good quality or then when they test it and they had some compatibility issues between the film and then the the the, the canister that holds the role which Jenny just never seems to think of but they they made sure that they'd ironed all of this out but now we are they are ready uh ready to start producing much more consistently yeah, that's, i mean that's really good news about uh, it 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 it's horrifying sometimes when you hear these stories. It's like making film is really, really hard, isn't it? I mean, it doesn't matter whether you're trying to re- recover. Uh, well, there's no difference, I should say, whether you're trying to recover a, a factory that's been let go to, to waste or whether you're you know, struggling out of the, the deep depression of film sales or whether you're even somebody as established as Ilford who've had to do a whole bunch of vertical integration because they because of supply chain issues. It's, it's making film is hard, isn't it? It's like I don't yeah. know. You probably get you probably get closer to Paul to the to this than we do because I mean, you're dealing with these guys on a day to day basis. But the stories are incredible. Oh, it's 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 crazy the things that can and do go wrong. And and you you sort of think, well, film's been around for you know 120 odd years, 140 years, and you know it's a massive industry. It must be fairly consistent. But if you take a step back and actually listening to um to Henry from your show last week, you know. To actually make it, you need to have chemicals that can dry thin and evenly on a plastic backing that then is, you know, all in pitch black while things go wrong. And then, and then of course, the point being that you then have to cut it up again in pitch black, get it back into a canister, and then hope that none of the chemicals are affected by temperature, humidity, light uh, for a couple of years as you know you're meant to plan the shelf life. So no, it's it is incredibly complex, and I have uh, so much admiration for these guys who are. Um, who are taking it on really and, and, and making the challenge. So we had a few different uh, film manufacturers there actually. So we had Berger with some great news. Um, we had Lomig from uh, Washi Films. He was there. Uh, he's fantastic. Have, have you guys spoken to him on the podcast yet? No, we haven't yet. I think I would get him on because he's the kind of guy who... Likes to roam around. Likes to roam around. But also <laughs> he is... Like the stuff that he creates is just amazing, and it's like him in his garage somewhere in France, uh, who just creates these incredible films. You know, he coats uh, one of them, the W, directly onto Japanese paper, so that when you scan it, it comes with a texture. But every time you sort of walk past him, he'd be like, "Oh, Paul, come and have a have a look at this," and he'd he'd pull out of his pocket some other new idea for a film. There's one time I was walking past, and he's like, "Oh, look at this! I think this might be too crazy. What do you think?" And what he'd done is he'd coated. He'd coated, uh, let me get this right, black and white slide chemicals onto 
soft but thick paper. So what you then do is you then shoot it in a 35 and then stamp sprocket. So you shoot it in a 35 mil camera as, as normal. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you develop it as though it's black and white slide film. And what you get is you get the, the strip of paper then dried like a normal piece of paper, but black and white images taken on them as though they're pencil drawings. Uh, wow. <laughs> you, you can't scan through it because it's, it's obviously the paper's opaque, but it, it's real photos directly printed onto this paper. And he had it in his pocket as like, a, this is, a, is this too crazy or shall we do this? I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> but but also possibly yes because when the when the second step is then you develop it in black and white slide chemicals mm. then you're making a slight barrier to entry issue there. And he was saying no 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 you know it's a bit like Instax I was like it's a bit like Instax <laughs> <laughs> in the... do you have a Taylor Swift endorsement <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit like Instax and Taylor Swift sponsoring it but apart from that mate. Um, no, no, no. So that was pretty. But also the other thing that made me laugh with uh, Lomix, and again, so much respect for him. At one point we were chatting, and, and I, I was like, "What's that around your neck?" And he had these sort of glasses hanging off his neck, but sort of like um, I don't know, you know, like uh, metal glasses. If you have like a crazy scientist in a movie or something, they might wear like glasses like this to to I don't know build something or bring something back to life. He had these things around his neck. I was like, "What are these?" He said, "Oh, <clears throat> they're my um." infrared goggles that i built to uh so that i can make film in the dark and still see i was like you built them he was like yeah yeah this is the fourth model um the first one didn't really work so i made it out of a scuba mask and then i did try and source them just buy them from somewhere but the military like stops you from buying them for personal reasons so i just made one (laughs) he sounds pretty great yes we definitely do need to Another mad scientist from the film world. It's great that this is where they all end up. Well, absolutely, because then he's there and he's making... I mean, I've lost count of how many emulsions he's brought to life. And um, and we're having a few chats about some opportunities coming up, which is uh, way too soon to, to talk about in more detail now, but is incredibly exciting. So, no. <clears throat> so, he was there. Sinistil, Rob's here there. Um, they were there with talking about their monobath, talking about their a new um, heater that allows people to develop uh, films at home more easily. Yeah, we talked about this bit last week. I mean, you did you actually get to see it and get hands-on with air? Yeah, absolutely. Although it's funny because I was saying to um, Andre, so Andre was there, who's obviously from Native Positives, he was there and um, showing me, and he, and he said, oh, it's like the sous vide. And I said, yeah, people keep saying this, but I've never seen a sous vide. So <laughs> when people keep saying it's like this, and I have no idea what that is, I was like, just tell me what it is <laughs> we'll go from there um no but it's brilliant and actually the monobath as well i mean i know it's not the, the first monobath on market etc etc but it's um it is genuinely impressive and you could see what was nice as well as they did demonstrations several times throughout the day and they always got a decent crowd coming around to uh, to have a look and have a play um so that was really nice that they were there um let's have a think who else was there adam from double was there um without a stand sadly um generally wandering around causing trouble <laughs> double trouble <laughs> exactly double trouble although what made me quite happy was um people sort of were coming to try and meet him or talking to me and like oh we need to speak to adam and like adam and they're like yeah adam from double bubble <laughs> <laughs> like oh double bubble adam yes i knew him <laughs> so has he got any new films coming out soon because he's always making new stuff 
he, he's he's doing a lot of experimenting, but I've been sworn to secrecy. But I think um, uh, he might be in touch with you soon. That'd be good. I would imagine that because um, I know that Uwe, who he works very closely with on this stuff, and um, Kono is is also very busy working on the Super Sense stuff at the moment. Um, there's just so many projects going in, and I think. <laughs> Anything experimental, Uwe's got his hands in. So that guy's time must be getting severely pulled around. Oh, yeah, no, definitely. But I know that um, Adam had flown over to spend some time with Uwe. I think it was last week or the week before. So, um, yeah, no, I would expect to... Uh, I'd hope to hear something from uh, from Double over the over the coming week, shall we say. Have you finished your role of Monsoon film yet, Aid? Nearly. <laughs> i have to say so so i have to say i am in a bit of a photography slump at the moment i have been super busy uh, in, in my defense and and it's not really been busy doing uh fun stuff either it's been busy doing work stuff and and so uh but uh, and that's taken some of my energy away and the weekends i'm tending to you know collapse in a heap uh, uh, after i drop my children off at whatever thing they should be doing rather than get, d- using the time for doing photography but I need to. I, I'm. I'm almost there. I'm. I'm trying to capture. Yeah, you know, it's, it's autumn light here at the moment, isn't it? So, uh, you know, the thing I've got on my to-do list is to stick a uh, a camera on the passenger seat of my car when I go to work in the morning, and yeah, you know, take photos of the sun as it comes up and the mist in the woods and stuff like that. So, that's the thing that I got to do, and I've just got to do it. <laughs> well, the other thing, I mean, we um, there's also uh, Sam from Solarcan wandering around um, again, causing trouble. Uh, so you can always, you know, if you feel in a funk, then just tie one of the solar cans to a an appropriate post or tree, and then you know that every day you're you're taking a photo. <laughs> yeah, that's that's uh, that. T- whilst technically that's correct, <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're like I'm not I'm not in a photography slump. I'm just taking a different time scale to the approach. Yes, film photography slows you down. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yes. And when you pick it up in six months' time, you're like and. <laughs> it's been it's been great seeing um the sort of the solar can journey because obviously sam kick-started the because um, for any listeners who don't know what solar can is it is um a, a solography camera it's essentially a repurposed not used not previously used beer can i don't think sam is drinking his way through all these cans but um but it's a, a an aluminium can with the paper inside so all you have to do when you buy these things is just find somewhere suitable facing towards the path of the sun um and leave them there for six months or three months or however long you want to leave them there um but it, it's been great seeing that go from this kick-started project and he's now got them got all the packaging done for them and they're actually going out into gift shops and stuff like that around the country aren't they um it's it's been really great seeing this idea go from the the first humble beginnings to you know no. just being a successful small business yeah it's fantastic and and, and jokes aside i mean he did cause trouble but also he was um there and talking to a lot of distributors and retailers and and getting a lot of interest which is great and he was giving me grief because he sent us one uh i think three months ago that um has unfortunately sat on the side simply because it, it doesn't fit in our current packaging. It doesn't fit in your box, yeah. If, there we go. Yeah. Listeners <laughs> need to learn that any any they can get anything they want from Analog Wonderland <laughs> as long as it fits in the box. Exactly. So Rachel and Sam are both now uh, on my list of people I need to cross the street and avoid when I see them <laughs> <laughs> until I found a larger box to to make. Um, but no, I mean that was that was really good fun as well. 
and it wasn't just the films that were represented there. I we bumped into um, Gary and Joe from Mint, um, who had flown over um, with a couple of of their latest cameras, some incredible machines, which was nice fun. We got a we got a good photo with myself and uh, and Gary taking on on one of their newest inventions. Is this the RF thing? Yeah, yeah, and it is. I... It's it's. It feels very different to when I've seen pictures before. How far off is that from being available for consumers to buy? I'm not sure. They they, they didn't want to come in, which is fair enough. I mean, they were they were there to talk business with a few people. So again, you kind of think it's probably on the scale of it's not going to be far off. And the two that they had were operating very well. Um, <clears throat> but I'm, I'm not I'm not sure on, on an exact date. I wouldn't I wouldn't want to say. I meant doing something new. I, uh, there was a post, and uh, I apologise in advance for if this is this is going to be a bad opener with no closing. But the, Mint posted something um, about the SX70 uh, just over a week ago, didn't they? Um, hinting at an announcement coming. Um, did that come to fruition? Uh, I didn't see it. Um, again, I, I I'm not the best at staying on top of everything that, that happens. I must admit, but no, they it, it didn't seem so. No. Oh, well, I, mean, I, I have a feeling because I've seen that um, Polaroid has been advertising the SX-70 um, uh, on their website. Um, so I wonder whether it is. Um, uh, oh, yeah, here we go. Uh, introducing the SLR 670X. Um, this is the new thing because um, and this is how bad we are at it. Um, so I think it's an SLR with um, all the, the gadgets on that. I'm not going to go into it. And details. I'll be looking at a website whilst doing it. But um, uh, if anybody's into that mint stuff, um, d- yeah, check that out on their website because they've got all the information on there now. It looks like a very nice SX70, but with the added features of, that they've been bringing on uh, and Polaroid branded as well. So pretty cool. Oh, lovely. Yeah. And then the other um, the other camera people who were there were Reflex. Oh, really? Uh, oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. And that was, that was fascinating. So, I, so we actually didn't see, we didn't realise they were there because they were in a, a, part, a bit away from the other analogue. And then literally on the last day when I was walking out, we suddenly saw, the, um, uh, saw them on the brochure and went down and, and spent some time with them. And that was brilliant. So, um, yeah, first time I've been able to, uh, yeah, have a little play with, with what we've all seen. And actually, it's, it's brilliant because they're working on a couple of things at the same time. Um, and what they were there to show, I'm not sure whether they've, so there's not a big announcement yet, but they said, you know, happy to for people to share it and talk about it. Is um, they're working on some uh, reflex branded and specially constructed lenses that would work on obviously their own cameras, but also on um, other analog cameras that were at uh, sort of focal lengths that you don't normally see. So they would they would spend a lot of time discussing the 40 mil that they're creating, um, which was really interesting. So they they're sort of ecosystem their product range looks like it's not going to be restricted to just sort of one thing and then you know success or fail that'll be it it's like they have a really clear long-term vision for how to support analog photography and bring things that we don't necessarily have easily available through other brands or, or product lines which is awesome really that does sound good although and i mean i've seen this a few times recently with kickstarter projects there is a risk that when you haven't delivered the thing that you were being kickstarted for yet that when you do go oh we're, we're working on this as well that people are going to go 
uh what about the thing the thing they yeah. gave you money for already um because it's been uh it must be coming up on a year now since the reflex i think it was october last year october or november yeah. that kickstarter in that mad flurry of kickstarters that happened um no we, it's very fair we, we talked about that and i said the same thing to him <laughs> hopefully nicely but it, it, exactly that where it was just uh you know that, that's brilliant but but he was very confident uh lawrence the guy very confident that um, they'd be able to hit the shipments. I mean, he, he said, obviously, there's, there were delays from the very first estimate. Now, again, I missed out on, on backing this when it first came, so I'm not on all the updates. But what he said to me was, uh, yeah, no, we, we haven't hit the initial timing, but we've kept people up up to date. And, and we, we are very clear now that we can deliver our new commitments and that will happen. And I think that is literally in the next, uh, again, in the next couple of months. Awesome. That would be great to see. I mean, the reflex camera is a really important thing. I, 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 in some ways, I mean, like we saw a lot of Kickstarters last year, uh, and it's been great seeing the, the, all the activity on the film front. But the reflex camera is, in some ways, probably the most important potentially thing in the world because it is a new camera, um, and its success uh, or failure. Um, to engage the market and to do well and to prove that you know these products can get out there and sell, I, I think is going to set the tone for how things go forward. I mean, if this does well, it's going to be a big motivation for others and for, for the reflex company to do more. But likewise, if it comes out and just whiffs, um, that's going to be that's going to have a chilling effect on, on everything that's going on. So um, I'm I'm really excited to see this come out, and I'll, I'm interested to hear about these new lenses. I mean, what is it, Paul, about these lenses that is going to make them interesting? Given how many existing lenses there are out there, what is it that's going to make these new lenses that they're making worthwhile? People being interested in. So um, again, I'm sure they'll bring out a lot more information when they when they're ready in, in, in a few weeks. But the way that, that we talked about it just at the stand was that it was on focal lengths that aren't easy to find. And 40 mils are, are really, I think, the one that we, as I say, spent a lot of time on. Purely because it was interesting for me, because I've used, started using an Olympus Trip 35 recently. Um, and I think that's about, I think it's a 38 mil. I think maybe. so, yeah. I think so. Some, something like that, yeah. And I found it really, really interesting because um, I spent years just at 50 mil and then start to find that a bit too uh, a bit too long and then move to 28 mil with a uh, prime lens on my Olympus and, and with the LCA and stuff and and then this one falls into a lovely little middle part and I was thinking I haven't actually seen a 40 mil so I'm sure I'm sure there'll be millions of people now who send us notes with eBay links and things <laughs> but so for me um, for me I think it's one the accessibility of then a new focal length that maybe we don't use but two the fact that they're making these lenses even if you can find vintage ones, this is a new lens with a company that will support it with servicing. I'm assuming they'll come with a warranty of a year or two years or whatever they can do. Um, so it's, I think the the fact that you can then put money back into something that you know won't come with fungus or potentially in the future, that if it breaks after two weeks, you know, is, is, is ready to be repaired and also is funding a company who has a clear commitment to the future. So, um, and, and they are, beautifully designed and well put together <laughs> and i'm sure i'm missing out on lots of technical features there <laughs> they'll be like you've missed the aspherical third window lens <laughs> <laughs> the third window lens i like yeah. the side of the third window lens <laughs> i'm sure their engineer is gonna is gonna punch me the next time they see me um, <laughs> and say i missed lots of bats but for me as i looked at it 
it, it looks like a beautiful lens, an interesting lens that I haven't seen commonly around um, from a company who would who would give it a, a warranty of service and and is there for the long term. So um, yeah, it was it was brilliant. And did did they actually have a reflex camera there with them? Uh, yes, but I wasn't allowed to take it away. <laughs> yeah. Did you get your hands on it though? Um, did I actually? I'm trying to remember now. I don't How could you not remember? I want to know what the hand feels like. Because they had so many other cameras and lenses there. It was like, you know, you just get distracted with all the shiny things. Uh, and they're talking about <laughs> these window lens, and then I was off. <laughs> so e- either you didn't, uh, or, or you did, but it didn't make much of an impression. So let's just say, yeah. let's just say you didn't. <laughs> I, I don't think I did. That's the, that's the party line, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> Otherwise, you'd clearly have a very strong memory of just how good it was. So there you go. Exactly. No, that must, I so, didn't, so that must be true. But I cannot wait because it's going to be brilliant. Cool. Wow. That's, I mean, sounds like there's you know, huge amounts of stuff there at Photokina related to analog analog photography. Any any other things that jump out of you? Is yeah. that... Well, I'll, I'll, I'll run through, I think, maybe a couple quickly. And again, the, the funny thing is, I'm sure I'm absolutely positive that I will have um, forgotten things. But we um, spent a lot of time with Camera Film Photo, who are the uh, Asian distributors of... Uh, of street pan well actually global distributors of street pan um, and then also asian distributors of a lot of analog stuff who were incredibly knowledgeable seem to know uh, half the people who, who walked through the door um roly were there uh mako were there um adox were there um who else did we have and then we had some other interesting things so photo classic which is a i don't know if you guys know the um it's a it's a beautiful analog photography magazine um produced in Germany, in Germany. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely gorgeous. I think Bellamy's been writing for them for a while um, and tr- and this is then translated, but they've just released an international edition. So, yes. I think I saw that, yeah, but I yeah. It is gorgeous. It's absolutely incredible. Um, just this incredibly beautifully printed uh, magazine and all analogue photos, but not in a way that sort of uh, you know, the first thing that strikes you is just how beautiful the photography is, and then you sort of realise that everything in there is analogue. So that was a fantastic thing to see. Um, Lomography were there, um, not with any news that I saw, but uh, representing. Um, and then, of course, there was a small company called Kodak, um, mm-hmm. who you heard of, who had a little announcement that happens to coincide with our first day there, which was rather fortuitous. Well, maybe you should tell us a little bit about that. So they've been working on a film, uh, it turns out. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. No, so uh, it was literally, so I was, uh, as I'm sure we'll go on to talk about, the, um, you know, one of the reasons that, uh, that we were in Photokina and one of the reasons that you very kindly invited me back on uh, to the show is because there's the Kodak Summer Holidays competition um, has wrapped up and we were choosing the winners and then we were going to... Well, we did film an announcement about the winners, talk about the photos, myself and Andy, who were, who had joined me on your show um, when we kicked it all off. Um, and then as I was on the train over to Photokina, Twitter suddenly started to go a bit crazy. And and it was the official press release to say that Ektachrome was leaving the factories in Rochester and starting to head out there towards the uh, Kodak warehouses and from there to distribute and the retailers. So 
it was released into the wild. Um, yeah, and that was happening literally as I got on the train over there. So I, I met Andy and and we obviously went to go and do the filming. But before we got into the summer holidays competition, we obviously had to have a little chat about the news. Um, and then it's all moved very fast from there. So, yes, Ectochrome is on its way to photographers around the world. Um, US shoppers are already able to buy locally from certain places. because Obviously, they're the closest to source. There is a big shipment coming across to Europe as we speak. And there is a big order placed on Analog Wonderland with Kodak <laughs> 24 hours or less after it happened. Um, so we will have some in stock as soon as it uh, possibly can arrive to the UK. And it's all incredibly exciting. That is very exciting. It's been uh, hotly awaited. I mean, you said you met Andre from Sydney Still and the Negative Positives podcast, who, as we were discussing before the show, I think has sold every single belonging he has to put all of his eggs into the slide film basket. Um, I think he's just been buying projectors and slide holders and everything because he's convinced that he's now not going to shoot anything but ectochrome for possibly the rest of his life. Um, so I'm really hoping he likes it because this is going to be a real bummer <laughs> if he if he now turns out he doesn't. Um, if he goes in and is like, oh, actually, black and white is more my thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it turns out that yeah, this is a bit of a faff. Um, I mean, we we talked. We didn't talk specifically on the show about it much um, when we were talking about it a few weeks ago because um, when the the test rolls were out. Um, but there have been some beautiful images out there, and it does look fantastic. Um, and the um, you know the, the portraits and everything, the color palette really does look lovely. Um, but it's still, I mean. It's still going to be a fairly specialist film. I, I, yes. I mean, I think it's you know, this is not. I don't think this is going to be, except for for Andre, who it's going to be an everyday film for, because um, <laughs> Andre's only no Sydney still bucks now, which is obviously. It. But you know, this is not a film for everyone for all the time, is it? Because you know, it's it's not a cheap film for a start. No, absolutely not. So um, the pricing was released um, very shortly after the formal announcement, and then. There's a bit of back and forth, as always there is. So we've uh, we've finally settled on a on a on a cost and on a price. So it'll be fourteen pounds for one roll, um, and then we've put together a, a five pack so you can do a saving. But that's sixty eight pounds. So no, this is not a film for uh, yeah going out and shooting three rolls just to see what happens or anything like that. Um, at nearly fifty p a photo, and then obviously developing it on top. This is this is more expensive, but I mean that's the reality of of slide these days. Um, mm. How, how does that compare with um, with you know the Fuji slide films? Well, it's 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 not that much more expensive. So we've been again, it's always tough to see, but um, you know over over time it, it well let's say Vel Velvia Fifty, which is the one that has been you know probably people's favourite. Um, while it's been one of the few ones out there, so Velvia Fifty, uh, thirteen pounds for a roll. On analog wonderland mm -hmm. you typically see that 14 or 15 pounds elsewhere so this is in line with velvet 50 say um, and there are cheaper options to get into slides so you look at um well i think the cheapest one is is the lamography um cross pro branded but of course you can shoot it purely as slide um and that's 18 pounds for a, a three pack on analog wonderland um a bit more for the 120 
um, but still very very affordable so there are there are cheaper slide films but they won't be anywhere like as as colorful as this and slide is obviously a lot more expensive than negative and much more expensive than black and white so absolutely absolutely this is not going to be a film for everyone um and already as soon as the, the pricing goes up you, people were reacting to the fact that that versus you know uh, an hv5 or a or a portrait is going to be a lot more but what you get is is something that's very different and there are people who aren't bothered by that and there are people for whom it, it has been a long time coming uh, and that's fine and that's the great thing about where we are now we're not we're not so we don't have so few films that we're just desperately hoping that each one solves all of our problems we're now at this wonderful point where um you know i said to you last time well the first time i came on the show we had 170 films we're now on 185 by the end of the year, we'll be clearing 200. I'm confident of that already with what I can see coming up. Um, so we're in a place where you don't need every one of those 200 films to be for everyone. There is a wonderful range, and you can you can buy your FOMA for £3.50, £4 a roll, and you can now buy quality, high-quality, beautiful slide film for £13 or £14. So not for everyone, but a fantastic addition to the uh, stable, I think would be my summary. Actually, I want to. As soon as you brought up Fuji, I wanted to mention because one of the pictures that um, was doing the rounds was of part of Fuji's marketing, um, you know, bump on their stand. Um, you know, they had a big picture talking about film and their range of film and how you know and, and how they are preserving the heritage of film. Words to this effect. Did you see this, Paul? <laughs> I literally tried to find it uh, twice. <laughs> twice tried, tried to find it and each time i got scared off by taylor swift <laughs> Ronnie asked me within stacks photos and all that. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I literally did try and find it and i couldn't so i i saw it and i wanted to see whether it was part of a much larger thing but um I, it was it was very well hidden put it that way and i'm not sure how much <laughs> it reflects the overall priorities of the business if that's the case i mean compared to Kodak, which, by the way, you know, I'm sure you've seen the what the photo that everyone stops taking a photo, which is a brilliant display of every single one of their films with just ectochrome in the middle, um, very striking. Yeah, no, it it was just it was really interesting because say what you like about Fuji, and people really do say <laughs> what they like about Fuji these days. But um, that poster did just really stoke the all of the fires of both um, confusion and rage and um, frustration. Um, and you know, because it's it's like, well, have Fuji actually did they stop making film years ago and is this just running out the lines or are they still making it or what are they doing and oh should we just not buy it it's, um it was great just it, <laughs> it feels like in some ways they just did it to just poke the wasps <laughs> yes. just uh, let's, let's stir them up a bit but um well, it, it's yeah. funny because you go back uh, even a year and you read their corporate releases and buried deep within would be mentions of film and the language is very much uh, we will be moving out of it over the medium to long term. Um, I remember reading one that was they'd have moved out of it by the end of 2020. And this is guidance to their shareholders. So to be clear, this is a fairly strong strategic message. Um, so it's no surprise that they that they were and are. And there are, are films that we know have disappeared recently. Um, Across um, is, is a big loss. And there are ones that will also drop out over the next 12 months because they've already stopped producing them and we will see stocks dwindle. So we, we're aware that there are some that are already going. 
But what you've seen in the last two months is you've then seen some of that corporate language shift as they've seen the response to 3200 and then uh, Ectochrome from Kodak um, and all the other, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming they also keep an eye on all the other all the brands and, and companies that, that we we talk about so much and, and we have this on our site. So there has been a bit of a change in language. Now the, the poster at Photokina felt a bit token, uh, shall we say. But I'm going to be positive and say it might be the start of something new. Who mm. knows? Who knows? One of the things you haven't mentioned yet is your new Bezume, um, uh, Bellamy from Japan Camera Hunter, was actually at Photokina with his long-awaited camera introduction. This is very <laughs> exciting because we've all been waiting for this camera that Bellamy's been working on now for, I think it's two years. Talk to us about that. Well, it's actually, um, I think when I first saw it, I was taken aback by just how similar it was to a Leica M3. <laughs> um, admittedly, the build quality was slightly higher, I think probably <laughs> the Leica. Um, the functionality, just absolutely incredible. Um, and the packaging as well. When, when you have it in your hand, I don't think, I don't think the photos tell you how premium that packaging feels. Um, <laughs> so yes, uh, we have disposable cameras. <laughs> which, <laughs> But I um, uh, probably probably should toe a line slightly between those two joke answers. Um, no, so Bellamy, Bellamy had a couple of things actually, which was which was really cool. So one thing that he had was uh, this beautiful uh, camera bag that he's worked on with with a company called Owner, who were there exhibiting with all their camera bags. And one evening, uh, an announcement, a special limited edition. I think there's 210, 230 about. Um, special editions of uh, this this gorgeous camera bag, and they have woven into the strap those little um, uh, I don't know how you do that, a little loop that you can then pop film canisters in that you might have seen in Bellamy's uh, more recent Instagram post. So a really really cool camera bag, uh, and then at the same time also yeah disposable camera preloaded with street pan. So um, again, it's probably going to be quite a limited edition. So we're in discussions as to how many we can get over to the UK and into into Analog Wonderland. Um, they're available to buy from his website though already, just to be clear, if people want to get their hands on them. And and, and jokes aside, he has he has designed a beautiful looking uh, disposable camera. Um, there's uh, oh good. There's a few few jokes on the uh, on the packaging on the on the pack um, that that are a bit bit more quirky and fun than than the ones you'll see on Kodak and Fuji. And then also uh, yeah, obviously the film inside it is going to be is going to be street pan. So we had a quite a long chat about this because it's it's quite interesting the um, disposable camera uh, business at the moment. Obviously, Lomography have brought out some of their ones with funky color filters on in the last year. Ilford's has brought out several that are doing really really well, um, and it's interesting because it sort of fits into this weird. Uh, it's a it's very snapshotty. It's probably good for winter maybe because it comes with a built-in flash and that and. Um, and and it's still, you know, you take one to a pub or to an event and you're going to get something that's slightly more memorable maybe than just phone shots. But you don't need to worry about quite so much if you took a, an SLR. Um, so, no, so it's exciting. And you know what? I go back to my main point that at, at this stage where we are with industry, seeing innovation and bringing people in. And if someone transition, sees that and thinks it's going to be a cool present and that gets them hooked on 35 mil and that moves them into street pan and everything else, then happy days. That's very true. Although, uh, 
as devil's advocate, it's perhaps <laughs> not the greatest um, when when the rest of the world is going, you know, I think there might be a problem with too much disposable plastic. <laughs> the fact that I, we're, we're leading quite heavily into that. Hey, hey, this one's made of disposable plastic. I um, did have um, a, a, a brilliant, uh, I think it was Twitter or Instagram response when we were talking about it, where someone said, oh, that's amazing. I can get the same effect by loading my normal camera with some 35 mil and then just throwing two barrels of oil into the ocean <laughs> it's a bit harsh two barrels of oil is a bit more than a plastic camera mate um but uh, yeah there is a bit of that i mean the the official response i'd give is you can reuse disposable cameras as well if you uh, if you know how to to take them apart but i do I, I see the point i see the point but let's be honest i mean it's not as though any of us with developing chemicals are going to be pure and humble at, uh, at the gates of eco and environmentally friendly that's very good now you spent quite a bit of time hanging out with bellamy whilst you were there so and i don't want any excuses here because you definitely talked about it what's happening with the the uh proper camera that he's actually working on what's the inside scoop dish proper camera proper <laughs> no, come on, this is not acceptable. Did we talk about camera? I don't think we talked much about cameras, if I'm honest. <laughs> Does he have any hair left? How, how 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 large are the bags under his eyes? He is what I'll say is he is working very hard. It would be it would be grossly unfair of me to 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 dish any any further dirt, but um I can assure you and the listeners and anyone else who is uh who is who is following it with bated breath there is i mean as we all know who have been in this and and a few of us who have flirted with these kind of ideas before the amount of work is just unfathomable and the amount of detail and the amount of pro it's just it's another world so um no 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 detailed dish i'm afraid i could see when i brought it up that it was making twitch with stress just the subject so i thought you know what you're trying to relax so uh, i'll leave it there but it is, he is still working on it. The dream is still alive. Yes, yes. Any day now, we hope that a disposable medium format camera will be announced. <laughs> that would be pretty great, actually. I'd quite enjoy I one like of those, yeah. That's actually a really good idea. I haven't read that down. Yeah. <laughs> the only problem is, Paul, it won't fit in your dumb box. So <laughs> throw that idea That's right, right back out again. For a minute, sell it for £50, and I'll make a new <laughs> box just for that. <laughs> That sounds like a very good plan. So, oh, well, I mean, I'm just, I'm just astonished. Yeah, in the same way as I often say, well, I'm astonished at how much we hear from, you know, from, uh, from new films being announced, and so, you know, 2017 being an enormous year for announcements and stuff like that. To go to to somewhere like Photokina and to come back with all of those things, yeah, you know, having seen all of those things, having spoken to all of those people, and they're all there hustling as well. They're all there hustling and doing deals and 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 making things work and and you know. That, you know, being the business end of of the hobby, for from what most of us is a hobby that um that we know and love, um I think it's astonishing the amount of energy and the amount of activity that's in this place. I mean, it's you know, it 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 what how, how you know, I know that, that everybody's working really hard. And who, who are the up and coming? Tell you what, t- tell me this, Paul. If you've got an idea, right? And obviously, we're we're you know, apart from Analog Wonderland, who who are the up and coming? 
businesses, right? Who, who are the people that are wandering around Photokina with something in their pocket or hanging around their neck or something to tout and uh, uh, that you reckon are going to blow up in the next couple of years in, in a good way and, you know, and uh, <laughs> in the hip hop kind of a way, you know, like your next album's going to blow up. Yeah, you know, but it's like, who is it that's, that's going to be doing it? What, what are we going to be buying in two, three years from now? Well, I think the most likely person to blow up is Lomig from Washi, but that is purely because <laughs> <laughs> he will have finally created something that was uh, too big for his 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 garage. No, um, I think the one word that you said there that I'll pick up on is the energy, because I think that's what I was um, uh, not necessarily expecting, um, but was blown away by. And I think it helped in that we, there was a little sort of analog corner <laughs> where um, several of the companies were sort of put together by the vaccine or deliberately. Um, and so what you'd get is you'd get people there from opening to close uh, who were congregating, and not just, not just the people who were there hustling on people with stalls, but also I saw so many people wandering around Vodokina. And obviously in Vodokina, everyone takes on their camera and wears it around their neck because there's a little bit of a badge. Um, and the amount of medium format TLRs, uh, ancient SLRs um, that you saw around people's necks was just astonishing. And, and these people would then congregate and chat and you had these these little three-way chats between a, somebody who's a, you know, a YouTuber specializing in, in film photography from Germany, talking to, you know, the uh, Finnish guy Jody from, from Camera Rescue, um, talking to Nico, the, the Spanish um, chap who runs Nico's photography show on on YouTube and you just have this incredible as you say energy of, of people people going around so I think in terms of looking ahead it's it's always notoriously difficult to predict in the future which businesses are going to do particularly well yeah that's you why I see. asked oh right <laughs> it's okay it's all right if it's hard that's okay we won't hold you to it let's let's tone it down a little relieve some of the tension in the question what, what are the th- what are the ones to watch what are the exciting things for you the ones that I think as soon as you see just you come away really excited about I think Berger seem to have a really clear idea of what they're doing um and where they're going you, you just get the sense from them that they are really really here to stay which is fantastic i must say that coming away from the reflex guys um totally different end of the scale i mean this is a i don't know if this is unfair but you get a very sense of a young startup entrepreneurial company with this phenomenal engineering credentials now that um and again as, as i say it, it does seem a bit strange to be sit here and saying i'm excited about a, a lens with a different length and and I get how on paper that's that is strange to say that, but when you're there and when you see them, when you hear them, you it's the realization that they're not here just for that sort of you know classic Kickstarter idea, talented young thing, works or not, job done. They're here to to be part of the industry for the long term. So those two in particular, I think, for me, stood out. The fact that Kodak had such a great presence and was so involved. I mean, Andy obviously has been brilliant. Uh, with us he's, he's come on your show um, but he also found Andre and, and I know did a bit of a chat with him for native positives he, he wandered onto Nico's photography show and talked about ectochrome and got got absolutely grilled about Kodak's backing paper problems recently and, and took it all in his stride so you see what 
the, the, the amount of engagement and focus that Kodak are putting on the community and also the sense you get, and I think you got this as well when you talked to him, how much Andy listens to what photographers are wanting, I think is really key. Because um, he, he, he says, every time I heard him talking to him, he was like, tell me what you want to see. And, and if someone said a film, he, he never shut them down, apart from Kodachrome, which he had to keep shutting down. But nothing else was <laughs> off the table. Um, and that one's only because the chemicals are illegal and and no longer produced. But everything else, he was really just genuine. You could see interested in exploring because Kodak Alaris are no longer in a world of just trying to keep their head above water. They're looking for growth. And that growth will come from what the community wants. So that's that's obviously fantastic as well. I love I love what Sinistil are doing. The fact that they had, what, four or five people there in person um, and that they had such different products the 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 dark room heater the or well, the chemical heater i should say chemical heater the the monobat and obviously their films as well that gives you a lot of hope for the future um, and even then the fact that you've got like photo classic releasing the first ever english edition you've got nico there interviewing a load of people for his youtube um group you just get this lovely feeling that there is overall momentum in the industry and an energy that's coming from those interactions um that can only do well so i think those are those are some of the ones that i think have stood out for me um but honestly the, the 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 amazing thing is i also think that in six months time we'll be talking about people that none of us have even heard of yet i mean henry brett's came out of nowhere has already produced one film from scratch rebranded another and is deep in trying to fix the 127 problem that many other people have struggled with before so you, you kind of hope that there's some of the people that we met or, or, or wandering around who are hopefully inspired and either come up with something new or find a way of doing something even better. And, and my biggest hope with both Reflex and, and Bellamy's Secret Plans and Clever Tricks is that we'll be talking in a year's time about new 35mm cameras, not just made by Lomography, but made by other people as well and having starting to get the breadth of options there that we are lucky enough today to have in having film uh, that that that's something i could get pretty excited about actually the fact that people might be making new high quality cameras designed to last and designed to be you know to designed to push the the whole concept of film cameras forward uh you, you couldn't you, apart from the fact that a couple of years ago you couldn't imagine it you couldn't even ask for more than that now could you with that much energy and, and that much thought and, and effort being put into to it so i'd say that was a pretty successful photo keener then for analog photography yeah, and, and just the last thought on that, sorry, I know I'm, I know I'm off on quite a bit, but it, it is also interesting, and, and the fact that we even started this conversation joking at the expense of Fuji and Instax, but the one thing that they did have there that I quite liked was the um, they had all of their instant cameras on pedestals from from when they first started it, and obviously the last one is a Hello Kitty Instax Mini 8 or whatever, which is not necessarily to everyone's taste, but you <laughs> go through and, and there's the one from the 1998 that was called the wide af um and uh which i loved and you can see you know go back five years and and polaroids down and nomography is the only company doing anything with other film or camera in, in great size and everyone's going bust and what we would have given for one company to even on instant photography stand up and say we're going to keep this alive and actually today we have instax mini instax wide instax square on a multitude of cameras from from the Hello Kitty one to the Mint, absolutely incredible machines that we have and everything in between. 
that's incredible. Um, and obviously Polaroid originals coming out of the Impossible Project and everything. So if that can then, and also the, the other end, sorry, we have the large format. And I know you guys have talked a lot about that recently. You've got Intrepid, you've got Camera Dax, you've got all these people on Kickstarter. So you've got Instax at one end, large format at the other end. And it's just the one part that's missing is that middle piece of new, reliable, high quality, good 35 millimeter format. And, and if that's round the corner, even one or two years, then we're in a, we're in a cracking place. Cool. That's awesome. And probably we can't top that. So let's take a quick break and then we'll come back. And we're back. And we do, of course, still have more to talk about from because there was the little matter of the summer contest with Kodak and you know just just generally a bit of catch up with the whole analog wonderland world in general should we should we talk about the uh, the Kodak competition first yeah let's do it so um we had over 450 people entered which was fantastic um and, and what well, a couple of things we loved. Number one was just getting uh, an incredible number of beautiful images coming in every day. That's always a treat. Um, I'm sure you guys feel the same when you have the cheap trucks challenge and you get the uh, and you get them rolling in. Um, but also, obviously, we talked at the start uh, when we when we when we launched the competition that we wanted to celebrate people who have been shooting film for a while, but also encourage people to um, share the hobby and and teach and maybe just you know get stuck in. So we had a beginners category, and we hoped we'd get you know a, a good few in there, maybe. 20 or 30 because this is just people who started from from january and we actually had over 200 so over 200 of the 450 that came in were people who have only started shooting film this year which is again if you think about it pretty damn exciting that, so, no, that is amazing yeah that is amazing and then also some of the photos that came from those people uh made me regret ever taking photos myself <laughs> because they were fantastic <laughs> well I, t- I, t- I tell you what i'm just gonna ask you to pause there for a minute because i do want to talk about those images because there's some on your website uh on the analogwonderland.co.uk website which i do want to give due justice to but i believe um you, you have asked permission to give uh to, for, for a little rant i believe or is it was it a factual correction or is it somewhere between the two that was that yes okay we'll come back to that no um so the other you know big news of the well, a couple of a couple of sort of store news over the last few months. Um, and the first one, when I was talking to Graham about this a couple of weeks back, I said, oh, Graham, we've got this, this exciting thing coming up. Um, but I trust you now with your marketing abilities and skills. You know, we've had a few <laughs> different conversations where you've uh, read things out for me and, and introduced them by saying marketing, marketing bullshit and things, you know, really good things like that which help help bring people in and, and podcasts all about organic advertising anyway so that's it was, it was very organic <laughs> so, like he's, he's, he's had very much it was organic and then uh, so when it came to this exciting announcement i just said to him look we've talked about this enough i trust you crack on and i, I look forward to hearing hearing the uh, the results and and I, I was a bit late downloading it that morning um so i was going to work a bit later Download it to my commute. But before I'd even plugged in, I was getting people on Twitter sending me photos of, of nappies with a hashtag 
wonder pants <laughs> 2016 and i realized things were going much better than i'd ever hoped <laughs> <laughs> you're that was, welcome that was my first warning sign <laughs> were people really doing that yes literally yes <laughs> someone someone said someone found a a nappy that is called wonder pants and um was asking me when they can claim their free referral <laughs> <laughs> so the 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 slight change in that is wonder point so yeah no we've launched a, a loyalty program and the idea here being and we've had this right from the start is that people uh, constantly talk about everyone who loves film uh, really enjoys it appreciates the differences versus digital at least sometimes but um talks about the cost and we've always been on a mission to try and support the independent manufacturers obviously but also try and find a way of making it more affordable and and the loyalty scheme feels like a really good way of doing that so rewarding people who come to us versus maybe you know the dreaded amazon or ebay um with points that they could then use against uh future purchases and um, also you can earn points by following us on on uh, on instagram or sharing stuff on, on on facebook and also you can refer friends things like that and as you move up through the as you spend more with us and you become more loyal you, you get to go up the tiers or as or as graham called it advanced in scientology um <laughs> Which was which was a helpful analogy after all the great, <laughs> the great PR that Scientology has had over the years. It was great to be uh, associated with such a strong and innocent brand, um, so that was nice. And then, <laughs> although I must admit, the one thing that slightly annoyed me was the fact that he did give away the secret of the fact that you can advance to the point where you where you meet the Grand Wizard uh, Vicario uh, of the Lizard People. So that was meant to be a surprise for people who got to the top. <laughs> He just said it straight away. So we're in talks with the Grand Wizard to see if there's something else we can do instead. But um, apart from that, I thought it was a really, a really good, really good message. Uh, yeah, I, well, I mean, in fairness to me, I think that um, most of the Scientology stuff definitely came from Matthew. That was more on him than on me. I think I drew the line that referring to it as carefully purified capitalism. I think that's where I <laughs> backed away. And I, and I would, I learned from that mistake and I would not say it again. I mean, just then, but not again after. <laughs> Actually, I think mostly one of my favourite parts was, um, now you brought up Matthew, was when, uh, yeah, I think he referred to it as Scientology and... And I think Aid was trying at this point to calm everything down and say, no, 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 that's maybe a bit harsh on Scientology. And uh, <laughs> Matthew, said, <laughs> Matthew said, oh, I don't mind. They don't ship to Australia anyway. And I just said that listening, thinking, ha this is perfect. Matthew has teed up Graham perfectly to stop him and say, well, actually, Matthew, they do ship to Australia. You go online and they can do all of their range straight to Australia or New Zealand. Um, and instead, Graham said, yes, you're right. I don't think they do. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, ah, well, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. That was a genuine mistake. I'm sure you no, probably no, did okay. tell me. That's okay. I, uh, I, as I say, it's all about the organic, uh, organic <laughs> support. <laughs> so just to confirm, you don't yet ship to Australia or New Zealand. <laughs> no, no, no. We ship manure to Australia. We don't know. Hang on a minute. Uh, we do ship to Australia, yes. No, it's fine. It just it just meant that I could spend the next three days writing uh, corrections on Twitter to as you know part of a campaign, I think, to drive awareness. <laughs> <laughs> okay, oh, I, all right. So, great. so um, uh, will you be signing up for the next advertising package? <laughs> <laughs> the next one I'm the next tier yeah it's, it's great the, 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 yeah the next tier is uh, double jeopardy is the next tier. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> I I want whichever tier um, Graham sings in. Is there a song one? Or a oh rap? yeah, absolutely. I would absolutely do that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it won't go better. But... <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that would that would be part of the deal. Is that it shouldn't go better? That's fine. That's. <laughs> be careful what you wish for paul (laughs) be careful (laughs) okay so well i'm glad to know that uh the sunny 16 podcast is uh aiding and abetting your world domination for uh film retail there paul um (laughs) it is is what i'm no jokes aside i do appreciate the uh the airtime um and it did make me chuckle and clearly several of your listeners thoroughly enjoyed it as well hence the uh, hence the wonder pants images that were flying around well they do say there's no such thing as bad press <laughs> <laughs> i'm working very hard to disprove that so, is it Scientology who say that <laughs> so, so uh so, so okay <laughs> okay so uh, i have to say then uh, um do you dare then paul talk about any of the other uh initiatives you have on on the site at the moment i'll tell you i'll tell you what, i will i'll start off and then i'll hand over to graham at some point and um just see his interpretation perhaps <laughs> <laughs> we haven't practiced this at all so this could be fun no no no. so the um the other big thing that we we announced last week which we've been again meaning to do for a while after people have sort of been asking us um we wanted to to get it right is um launch t-shirt range so this is a range of men's and women's t-shirts um with several different designs colors etc that are all inspired by analog photography and, and film photography um and as i say we've been people have been asking for this really since we launched just because uh, we had obviously some stickers with our logo on and people said oh it would be lovely if we had you know a bit more uh, a bit more of the merch some some t-shirts and while we originally were looking at just sort of putting the design on and going <clears throat> actually we thought we could do something a bit uh, a bit more fun so we we got in touch with a few different designers and a guy from california actually came on board to help us um and came up with some really really cool ideas that we bounced around for a few weeks and um yeah and we're really we're really pleased with with the outcome we launched them last week we've got a deal for the next couple of weeks so if you if you type in t-shirts for everyone where the four is a a numeral then you get uh, two for 40 pounds which is 20 percent off um and hopefully yeah people appreciate the designs and and well, we should see some maybe on some photo walks or darkroom sessions in the future. Graham, have lost anything? I, I, I'm just, I just love the fact that you can get now, you can brand your baby with an analog one, one. Oh yeah, yeah, you've got to do that. Do you know what? The, so, so no, that this is cool, and yeah, the, every, uh, I like, I like that. For you brand your baby with a little baby glow or bodysuit, whatever it is. Uh, you got to you got to go against all those ba- all those bands that sell them now. You got to see bands like especially some of the big bands that have been around for a while, like Metallica sell like children's clothes and stuff like that at their gigs and baby clothes at their gigs now. So you know, totally with you on that one, Paul. I have to say, I do like the 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 X Pro Sheep one. <laughs> that's. Oh, yeah. I think that's my, I think that's my favourite. Just a just just a you know, a little almost sort of cutaway black and white montage type thing. I don't know whether that's the right for, for any of that. Um, but then in the middle of it, a little cross pro sheep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. I must admit, actually, the um, the baby suit one is a uh, a bit of a vanity one. I think in all of it. So we've we've been doing the t-shirts, and that's all the press has been. Um, I hadn't realised it was necessarily live on the site, so that's fine. <laughs> that is actually okay. Um, but my wife's due to birth in um, in six weeks with our first. Hey, awesome! Congratulations, cool. Congratulations dude. Yeah. Thank you. 
there we go breaking news there we go um yeah so uh and when i was putting together and, and having gone a little bit stir crazy <laughs> from working with the designer for so long and then i saw the option i was like i've got to oh this is perfect we're gonna have a new baby everyone's gonna want to see this new baby this is the perfect advertising <laughs> opportunity for me i'll take the baby out and stroll there we go oh what a cute baby oh analog wonderland wow i mean i know you're in marketing but that's pretty brutal even for you Paul. And Greg, <laughs> guess what we're gonna call it <laughs> i don't know i'm excited to hear though analog <laughs> wonderland <laughs> <laughs> Analog Wonderland, yeah, because then you know the birth certificate, that's branding. Yeah, so if it's a girl, you can call it Anna Log, and if it's a boy, Alan Og. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Hang on. Pause the phone. I'm going to tell my wife. We've solved it. We've solved it. Uh, I, I love the fact that you've got a baby growing. <laughs> Purely so you can merchandise your own baby. That's fantastic. I look forward to seeing the range grow as your baby grows. Exactly. In two years' time, we'll be like, Maybe a, a toddler range might be a good addition. Yes. And also we can now look forward to seeing some branded Wonder Pants as well. This may actually make it the confluence will happen. I hadn't even thought about that. <laughs> uh, ne next to-do list. <laughs> find, find underwear manufacturers who are happy for me to write Wonder Pants on them. <laughs> no, it's pro pro probably patented or trademarked or something already. But there we go. There we go. Excellent. Right. Okay. So I'm glad. Uh, so so are, are you guys going to be friends now? Okay. So you know you 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 sorted yourselves out. You've got got it <laughs> off your chest, both of you. Should we go back and talk about the awesome entries for for the summer competition? Absolutely. And um, yeah, they were they were fantastic. So um, what we did is we had Andy uh, from Kodak Alaris pick went through all the 450. So we went through every single one and and chose some of his absolute favorites. We got together and talked about it. He narrowed it down to five within beginners, five within proficient that, that really spoke to him again. We had another chat and then he picked an overall winner winner throughout. So it was being, it was brilliant. So we saw what everyone's been up to the summer and there was a huge range of activities, which was lovely to see really. Um, and then, yeah, so we go to the beginner winner, I think first, uh, first of all, and it's Mitchell Shader from Australia um, with a, beautiful we think double exposure um but actually when you look at it it could even be a triple um but could we just be, didn't really, it, yeah yeah because that that those sort of the, the tree in the middle isn't actually touching the trees to the side so it could even be and it seems a lot darker so uh, either way i think it really it's really intriguing because like the best multiple exposures it uses silhouettes really well it uses light really well and then the fact that even though it's it's predominantly about the contrast. The fact that it's sort of got this orange glow gives it this nice warmth and this summery feel. Um, I don't know what you guys think of that as a from a beginner in particular to be able to shoot an image like that. Ah, it is lovely. Yeah, it is. It's great. Um, it's. Uh, I, I'm looking at it thinking. I'm not entirely sure how I've achieved that because clearly, you know, shooting into the sun. I guess some form of light, but I'm guessing it's the sun to get a silhouette of 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 the the smaller tree, and then there's a bigger tree in the background, and there's what looks to be, I don't know, is it grasses in the, in the very background? I mean, I, yeah, I think I can see three proper exposures there or maybe it maybe it's i don't know tall growing plants like maize or something like that i don't know there's a lot going on we were just saying off air beforehand that because um the one thing with the beginner category is that it's beginner with film and so obviously um not necessarily beginner with photography because 
all of these images, you know, they're fantastic. And you look at that and go, well, I sincerely hope that these people have at the very least been shooting full stop for a while. Because if, if they've just gone, oh, what, what's this weird box with a, a window at the front and the button on top? Well, I'm just going to go for a walk with this and see what happens. Uh, and if they're then coming up with these, then I give up, absolutely give up. Um, but no, it's lovely. It's interesting to see the range of films that have been used across as well, because it really does cover the entire spectrum, doesn't it? You've got everything from Ektar and um, Portra to Kodak Gold and um, Color Plus as well. There's all sorts been used. Yeah, and people people even being this halfway through saying, is it okay if we use films that expired and therefore aren't on your filter? And we're like, yeah, of course, go for it. If it's Kodak, then it's uh, it's legitimate. Um, so no, people really embraced, I think, the uh, the challenge of it, which was just to enjoy summer, to talk to people, to try things out, and to use the full Kodak range, which was which was incredible. And then I totally agree with your point about the beginners because they would the, the quality was exceptionally high. Um, I mean, having said that multiple exposure i think is quite a it's hard to do with digital it's rarer you see it in digital people tend to sort of do it in post-processing don't they rather than in camera so regardless the, the composition of their colors is is really strong mm, it is it is and tell us about the uh the the winner in the proficient character uh, cat category excuse me <laughs> so this is a, this is a one that when when i first saw it honestly i i I double checked whether it was digitally manipulated to an extreme way, and, and you know, we didn't say that you couldn't touch it in, because everyone has to scan to even submit it. So, and there's no judgment there. The only requirement is it was taken on film. But actually, you then saw that it was taken on Portra, and it sort of made a bit more sense. So, one of the things about Portra is the beautiful colours and the uh, grey exposure latitude, and you can see both of those here. So you've got the the sun behind the tree that's creating a huge amount of backlighting. And that's actually bringing out the colors of the red in the poppies that are then in the foreground. And you can see how dark that probably is relative to the, the, the right-hand side where the fields are in, are in full color. Um, but even so, the film has enough latitude that um, even if it is helped a little bit digitally afterwards, you can see it lift out, as you would with a print, you can see it lift out the highlights while keeping the color. Um, just to an incredible level so we thought the skill level of that is exceptionally high as well as the overall composition really really strong uh, and the fact that it spoke back to the the goal of competition which is you know summer holidays and summer fun and, and you can't help but sort of feel a bit warm when you look at this yeah uh, this is a fantastic shot i mean yeah it, it, it's funny isn't it because in in the week of photo Kina, we've been hearing a lot about you know all of these new cameras these digital cameras and their their extremes of dynamic range <laughs> like yeah just go get some portrait <laughs> yeah exactly yes it is beautiful I'm, I'm just actually looking at um the photographer christopher james roden who shot this picture um and it, and it really is a beautiful picture i love it because um it's it's because of the light in the image, it's a really emotive landscape shot with this poppy field and the tree. Um, and, um, and I love that he's got a picture, a top down picture looking at the, um, sort of the ground glass of his Pentax 6-7, which he shot it with, with the picture framed up in it. And it's like, oh yeah, that's what he could see through it and, and to make the picture. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's a yeah, lovely you shot. Can, you can see, even, you're right. I'm, I'm actually looking at the same one now. Um, and, and it's incredible because even through the ground glass of the top down, 
with whatever phone he's using to do it or digital camera, you can still see the color of the poppies coming through the backlit. So, um, yeah, it, it is worth saying that he's also using medium format rather than 35 mil, which obviously allows him um, a bit more uh, detail um, in what might otherwise be lost and, and you lose some of the grain. But it's just an incredibly well shot and composed and in a way that I don't think I necessarily think of, I think if I came across that field, I think you'd be thinking sun maybe to the sides, get the shadows and the, and the angles there. And it's a, a brave shot and he absolutely nailed it. He certainly yeah, did. He certainly did. He's a clever chap. A, a very worthy winner. <laughs> yeah, well, two very worthy winners, I have to say. And and I love all the honourable mentions as well. I'm going to, is it okay, Paul, if I just pick one for my honourable mention? Right, out, 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 out of the uh, out of the the stack of honourable mentions, I'm going to pick uh, the one um, of uh, the kids on a, a land raft uh, shot. Actually, um, it, it, oddly for me, I've picked one that's a black and white one shot on Triex, but but just the the fun and the joy and the life in that shot uh, is awesome. Yes, and, and the, we talked about this, and Andy was saying that um, it's so timeless as well. You know, there's that could have been shot from any era really recently. That's that's a it's a pretty analog way of having fun, right? Yes, mm. yes, it is. Yeah, there's the, yes, the no no need for playstations. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hey, there's always need for playstation. Uh, and, and I'm gonna pick one that I like from the honorable mentions as well, just because it I think it really speaks to um what film can bring that you that you do lose when you go to the more high tech stuff. Uh, the picture by Polly Brown um, uh, uh, of uh, somebody at Machu, P- Machu Picchu, Machu Picchu, uh, Machu Picchu. Machu Picchu. Machu Picchu. <laughs> it's one of the Pokemon, anyway. Um, <laughs> and it's, um, it's it's this lovely shot with it was Machu Picchu in the background with um, clouds rolling all around it, and then um, so a, a guy in the foreground to the right of that and the light's just glancing off his hair and you know he's, he's got his back to the picture but he's at an angle and it's a really cool looking shot um and it's shot on the codec ultramax which is you know not the highest definition not the sharpest and, and it's pretty grainy and um in the shadow areas the definition's kind of gone away a bit but it really works to to create a brilliantly atmospheric picture and i don't think i would like it as much if it was all sharp and clear and there was loads of definition i think it it looks really lovely the way that it is and and it's just leaning into the qualities that that particular film has brought to it um yeah it's great really like that one yeah good stuff good stuff i I think that's a success then so you're going to do another one next year then paul Oh, that's miles away, but uh, I'd be surprised. Oh, well, let's talk about your winter competition. (laughs) Yeah, the winter wonderland. (laughs) Exactly, the Ilford. No, I haven't spoken to about it, so no, I probably shouldn't. Oh, by the way, just just to be clear on the uh, winners, so we said we'd send out some Kodak goodie bags. Um, We were unsure at the time whether that would include Ectochrome or not. Um, They will both be thrilled to hear that uh, thanks to some accelerations and um, I think Andy uh, stealing some as it went past him at some <laughs> point in a lorry, um, there will be some extra creme in the bags that go out and they are going to be uh, posted out in two days' time. So uh, it might take a bit longer to get to Australia, um, but Chris should have his goodie bag. Uh, if not, when this go- episode goes out, then then pretty shortly after. Okay. Wow, that's awesome. And congratulations to everybody who entered because it's just great taking part. And as I mentioned, you know, we, we, as we said, when we saw going along the pictures you were sharing, it, it was just lovely seeing everybody getting out there and um, taking pictures and sharing their summer pictures. It's uh, lovely. And I, and, I, and that picture that you talked about, the one of these um, kids in a 
I don't know what the hell they're in there. This kind of canoe-esque device being dragged along the ground, just having a great time. It's just uh, lovely fun pictures of what the summer holidays can be for different people. It's great. Yes, absolutely. All, all brilliant stuff. Okay, right. Well, that kind of wraps up the show for this week. Uh, I guess the most important thing is, uh, Paul, have you enjoyed yourself? I have had a wonderful time. Excellent. I'm very glad to hear it. And will you come back and uh, you know, help us rehearse a number of takes of closing the show? <laughs> I, I will. And I will uh, produce witty content for four times the amount of time that I expect to, just in case. Uh, that, is, that is exactly the requirement. Um, as I have often said, closing this show is one of the hardest things I ever do. Um, and although I have to say, I've been a bit more confident in my ability to do it recently, but there, therein lies the truth that um, pride comes before a fall. Um, and so listeners, as you listen to this, if you are somewhat confused, that's because you haven't listened to takes one, two and three. <laughs> I I said in number five, I think it was. I thought I was really funny at five. Uh, I, I, do, you, do you know what you were? And I'm sorry I forgot to hit the record button for that one. <laughs> <laughs> the one time I make a good joke, honestly. Long. Yeah, I know, I know. But but think of all of that bad stuff we said about everybody else in the world that that, that now we're, we're protected from because we're not going to publish it. So oh, yeah, that's uh, having a talk about the customers, uh, the, uh, the <laughs> listeners, and then Graham was having, yeah, that was good. Yeah, yeah, and what you said about your customers. Oof. <laughs> right, next week. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. Now, that, that last bit was, was nice. Paul has never said anything nasty about his customers at all. So there we go. All right, there's a, it's official now. You've heard it from me, and I'm the grown-up, even if I can't close the show. So here we go. Right, this last attempt. So um, we are the Sunny 16 podcast, and you can get in touch with us on the internet, believe it or not, uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, email, we especially like email. Um, and uh, we're going to close out as normal with uh, Rocha, Rach's band. Um, we're going to have some news from Rach next time she's on the show. She's very busy today uh, because her band have got a new gig, something to do with the TV, but I'm not quite sure what at the moment. Uh, but after that music, please stay tuned in because we are starting uh, a series of short audio pieces from uh, listener Martin Scarland who is uh, regularly sending us some updates at the moment on his darkroom build so uh, we're going to attach the first uh, of those uh, to the end of the show it's a few minutes long uh, and Martin describes the, the start of his project some of the context for it um, listen in and we'll give you uh, more excerpts over the coming weeks so thank you very much as always it has been an honour and a privilege uh, and goodbye Bye again! Hello, Sunday 16 again. Um, it's Martin Scarland. Um, it seems that you are interested in, in hearing about my darkroom. Um, now, this first um, 
chapter, should we call it? I think I'm going to quickly cover um, a bit about me and what I'm hoping to achieve. Um, so I'm basically um, Martin Scarland and I'm 46 and I'm quite a keen amateur photographer. Um, I'm a picture framer by trade and I just do a bit of photography in my spare time. Now up to now I've been, um, I largely shoot black and white and I shoot 35mm, 120 and 5.4 um, and I process all my film in my kitchen which is fine. Um, I tend to load up in either my downstairs loo which hasn't got a window or in a changing bag and I process in the evenings, hang it up on my saucepan rack and leave it overnight to dry and then I have to leg it down in the morning before my children get there and contaminate it with jam and toast and stuff. So then I quickly chop it up, bang it up and then I try and scan it the next evening or whenever I can and then I I do all my, my post processing on the computer um, which is all fine but it does mean that I have limitations um, I have to clear the kitchen up every time I want to process the film um, in early in the evening and oh, it just and then my wife moans at me for leaving processing containers all over the worktop so it would be nice to be able to move my darkroom stuff into another location now fortunately I do have an attached garage to the side of my house which is as most garages are full of junk now mine is no exception it's full of rubbish um, so my first job is to clear that out and I've sort of set aside a small area at the back of my garage uh, which is about um, 1.7 metres by 2.7 metres um, which I'm going to convert into a space. Now I mentioned this a while ago to my wife that I wanted to create a darkroom and she just rolled her eyes in some sort of disbelieving way but when she realised that I might be able to store all my photographic equipment out there too, she became much more keen on the idea. The idea of having that much space again would really benefit her. So um, I, I have a backing to go ahead and do it. So this space has not only got to be a clear space, but it has got to be dry and heated in the winter so that I can store all my on my, my photographic stuff in there and it won't get all damp and nasty. Um, so the plus points are that my garage has got a cold water feed into it because when we built the garage I had this vague notion of one day putting the outside tap on the garage wall which I've never done. So there's a, a shut off pipe going into the garage of a water main which I can divert round to my new sink as and when I get one and um, there's a soil pipe that runs through the garage too so I can easily plug into that to get let my waste of the sink go away so I'm quite quite um, blessed there with having something quite easy to to um, hook into um, other than that it's just a bit of a messy dirty hole at the moment so what I'm going to need to do is put a stub wall across the garage and then insulate it all, plasterboard it all, put a floor in, put a sink in 
and put a worktop in. And then at the moment, I'm I'm not really thinking about printing. Um, it would be nice, but I don't I don't have an enlarger, so I will have to wait and see on that. I don't think I'm really going to space. By the time I've got all my gear in there, um, there's not going to be very much room. So it's basically going to be a store cupboard with um, which will be blackout with um, a sink that I can process my film and hang it up and not have to rush down the first thing in the morning. So that's that's my plan. Um, and, oh, the other thing is um, my budget. Now, I don't really have a budget. Um, it really is as little as I can make it for. What I do have is an old Rolleiflex camera that a client of mine gave me, and it's probably 40 or 50 years old. It's been a bit abused, been left in the back of a wardrobe for a number of years, and then she pulled it out and gave it to me, and I've put a couple of rolls of film through it. So I'm planning on probably putting that on eBay and see what that com um, what that achieves, and then I I'm just going to scrimp and scrape and ask for favours and bits and bobs and see what I come up with. Um, so anyway, that's a story. Um, I will inform you some more as and when I know some more. Thank you. Bye-bye.